Hey, I'm Monica Ang, Curious Cities reporter, and here we are in what I like to call the dog days of winter, which can seem like they stretch all the way into June sometimes. This week on the podcast, we're going to revisit a story we did last year. It's chock full of tips on the best way to stay bundled up when you hit the outdoors. Plus, when the weather gets cold, one listener wanted to know what happens to all the plants that line Michigan Avenue in the fall. We've got that answer, too. That's all coming up. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I have my glove and mitten on my left hand, my rubber glove and leather glove on my right. I've got a potato in one pocket, a bottle of water in the other. I've got Bengay and nylons and a sock on my right foot, and I've got... Okay, um, that's my colleague Jessica Popovac. Last year, back before the pandemic made casual social interaction a health hazard, back when working from home seemed like a wistful fantasy, back when you could stick a hot potato in your pocket and no one would think twice about it, it was a simpler time. And here, Jessica's getting ready to venture out onto Navy Pier on a super cold 16 degree, not including windshield day. And the reason for the getup, well, we were trying to answer a question from James Pruitt. He asked how Chicagoans stay warm during the depths of Chicago winters. To answer James' question, I talked to a bunch of Chicago experts, folks who have to be outside a lot for their jobs or transportation. And I got them to divulge their secret cold weather hacks. Then I convinced Jessica to give them a try. Hey, Jessica. Hi, Monica. Okay, let's try these things out. We're going to start with your feet. For this, I talked to veteran postal carrier Mac Julian. He has been at it for like 25 years, so he knows. And here is his foot trick. I would go with the sock, bag, sock, shoe, then galoshes. Unless you have some thermal boots, you may not need the galoshes. All right, so let's do a sock, then a bag, then another sock, and then a boot. Okay, I'm doing sock, bag, sock on my left foot. What do you have for my right foot? We also heard from Chicago photographer Heather Charles, and she swears by another combination, and that is Ben Gay plus pantyhose plus sock plus boot, and sometimes, if you want, you can throw in a hand warmer too. This is some old Ben Gay found in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> but I think it should still be okay. It still smells like Ben Gay. So Ben Gay... Nylon sock. You want a hand warmer? Sure. All right, now I just shake it. Yep. So now that we've taken care of your feet, what about those days when the wind chill feels like it's going to crack your face off? You know, like while you're biking to work or you're walking or just waiting for the CTA? I talked to Ted Valer at the Active Transportation Alliance, and he has a ton of tips. But for the face, here's what he told me. As you get into the low 20s and teens, a lot of people, including myself, like to wear ski goggles. Yeah, ski goggles. He also said he recommends wearing either a balaclava or a neck gaiter, which is kind of like this tube top for your face. And you know what a balaclava is, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a ski mask that covers your entire face. It usually has holes for your eyes. 
um, that I'm not crazy about them, particularly wearing them to work. Are there, did you get any other tips? I did, and it also came from Mac Julian, you know, the veteran postal carrier. And here's one that he got from his mom growing up. Vaseline does the trick every time. Vaseline keeps your face warm, keeps your skin warm if it's exposed. Put that Vaseline on there. <laughs> I It might not do good things for my skin if I made it a regular thing, but, you know, let's give it a shot. Okay, so take a ton of that Vaseline and just, like, smear it all over your face. Oh, boy. I never even wanted to put this on my baby's butt. And now I have Vaseline all over my hands. <laughs> do we have a tissue or anything? So now that you're covered in Vaseline and you've got your feet nice and toasty, what about your body? I got some really good tips about just sort of keeping your body, your torso warm. Julie Deerdorf, who is a former health writer and another extreme bicyclist in Chicago, said she learned it from Little House on the Prairie. Love the source. Take baked potatoes that are still hot and jam them in your pockets. Okay, hand me that potato. The other one came from Mike Dorio, guy at REI, who gave me these tips last year. And he says, take one of your water bottles, fill it with hot tap water, and then jam that in your pocket. So you got your potato and hot water bottle in your pocket. You got the Vaseline all over your face. You got your nice toasty feet. Let's move on to your hands. Okay. One of the best tips I got came from former Chicago Tribune outdoors writer, Barb Brotman. She has a two-part strategy. First, put on any old pair of gloves. And the secret is the second part. On top of that, you put mittens. Because no pair of gloves can possibly keep your fingers warm enough. It's the combination of the mitten and the gloves that works. Okay. It's hard to get the mitten on over the leather gloves. There we go. All right. Okay, while you're doing that, we also heard from Chicago photographer Pete Tsai. And he likes Barb's method, but he also needs to use his hands to take pictures outside. So he's got this other hack to keep the wind out and the heat in. He wears nitrile or like those thin rubber gloves under his regular gloves. The rubber protects the hand from evaporation, which cools your hand. Once you lose the heat, it's gone. Here's my rubber glove. All right, that wasn't so bad. Okay, so now that I'm good and bundled up and covered in Vaseline, I'm ready to get outside. Okay, she's heading out to blustery, <laughs> windy Navy Pier. I'll see you in a half an hour. Hi. <laughs> gonna sit out here at the end of the pier for a minute and enjoy the view. I can feel the warmth coming from the baked potato still, oddly. So thanks Laura Ingalls Wilder. Okay, I'm gonna go report back to my team. Okay, welcome back. I want to hear all about this. So let's start with your hands. Both of the methods worked well. I kind of, I might go for the rubber glove uh, over the glove plus mitten just because you have more dexterity. Okay, how about your feet? Um, my feet feel good. I actually think that the foot that has the sock bag sock is the winner today. Okay. Something about that plastic really <laughs> prevents anything from getting in or out. I know, right? And that's why plastic bags and rubber gloves are great if you're just commuting or something. But if you're really moving around, you could get super sweaty and that could just make you colder. Um, okay, so let's move on to your body. I dig the potato. It, that side of my body felt particularly warm. This 
the whole time. And it's like having a little friend in your pocket, you know? <laughs> like a warm little mouse or something. Okay, so let's go face. Honestly, I wasn't that impressed with the Vaseline. It almost felt like my face was wet and it was catching the wind more oh. than the other side of my face. Did you feel like the ski goggles? Love Did the ski goggles. I might just start wearing ski goggles all the time everywhere I go. Because it's a cool look, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like those kids you see with them. All right, well, there you go. Just because it's freaking cold outside, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the great outdoors. And I'd like to thank all of our experts who chimed in with these terrific tips. And especially thanks to Jessica Popovac, who put her hands, feet, and face on the line. So now that you know how to bundle yourself up super duper warm, we'll answer another winter query. Where does some of the city's landscaping go when the cold weather hits? That's just ahead. I'm Monica Eng. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. In the early 1990s, former Chicago mayor Richard M. Daley wanted to beautify the cityscape to help draw tourists and business. Part of Daley's plan included landscaping the Magnificent Mile. In 2016, Chicago even won a prestigious award for its landscaping designs. And for years, Joe Swidorski, who works in Streeterville, has admired these vibrant and not-so-inexpensive displays. See, last year, the city spent like 173000 thousand dollars just on tulip bulbs and since this landscaping isn't free well joe is concerned about what happens to the plants in the winter time i have the feeling they get thrown away which kills me but he's hoping that's not the case i would love to hear that they're like either refurbished or donated well joe you're in luck sort of i'll let reporter linnea dominic take it from here now picture the magmile. There's sidewalk planters and planters in the medians. The sidewalk planters are privately managed, and it turns out many of those landscapers do reuse a lot of the plants. If the foliage is in good condition, we can repot it and use it for an interior client. That's Jenny Riccardi, president of the IGS Plantscaping Group. They landscape several Michigan Avenue properties. She says they reuse about 95% of the foliage, donate some plants, and... The seasonal annuals usually, unfortunately, can't be used again, so they get composted. Now, the medians are managed by the Chicago Department of Transportation, or CDOT, and this is where taxpayer money comes in. Annuals don't go back automatically, so every fall, they're ripped out. And sadly, Joe, CDOT says they're not composted. And you may be wondering, why use taxpayer money to plant medians full of flowers and plants that get thrown away at the end of the season? Well, Suzanne Malik McKenna, former commissioner of the environment for the city of Chicago, says they bring pops of color that people expect to see. She says the purpose of these plantings is to be zowie and get people excited about Michigan Avenue and shopping. 
She says annuals can provide habitat and food for birds and butterflies, but it would be better if the city planted more perennials, which do grow back the next season. Ultimately, anytime you use a perennial over anything that's an annual species, you're investing better. Now, this is where it gets confusing. Every fall, the city does plant perennials in the form of tulip bulbs in the medians. But the following season, they get dug up. And based on what Malik McKenna says, this may seem counterintuitive. But stay with me. Every year, the bulbs are donated. Last year, CDOT says the bulbs were donated to hospitals and veterans facilities. But pre-COVID, the city donated the tulip bulbs to the Garfield Park Conservatory. Maddie Wilson has managed the program that gets those bulbs for the past 10 years. Usually it's like a 9 a.m. giveaway, and there's people in line about two to three hours before we open the gate. She says they've given up to 25,000 bulbs away for free each year to individuals eager to put a splash of color in their gardens. And lastly, CDOT contracts with a safe haven to do the landscaping on Michigan Avenue. They provide job opportunities to people experiencing homelessness. President Nelly Vasquez-Roland says there's social benefit to planting the tulips. Sometimes, you know, we think, wow, do we really need those flowers? In my opinion, we absolutely need those flowers for so many reasons. You know, we are a world-class city, but what most people don't realize is that it's also creating uh, a path to self-sufficiency and independence. So to recap, some plants are reused and many are thrown away. But over 2,000 people have been given landscaping jobs through a safe haven in the process. That story was reported by Linnea Dominic. Curious City is produced by Stephen Jackson and Joe Dussault. Alexandra Solomon's our editor. Natalie Dahlia is our intern. And Maggie Civit is Curious City's digital and engagement producer. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. I'm Monica Eng. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause. And rewind. NPR's Line takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Line wherever you get your podcasts.